Welcome everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast and you're in for a treat. We've got the full A team here with us starting off with uh, Bernard Denis. Bernard, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm wonderful. Bit bit cold but that sort of result last night warmed me up nicely so I'm okay now. We've also got the king of, king of the Kipax writer and the City Matters Committee member Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? I'm good. As I said before, I'm I'm a bit tired because I was so buzzing when I got home last night. I really struggled to get my head down on the pillow and get to sleep. But, you know, hey, what a night. And we've also got the guy who was missing from the last pod, but he's back again. It's Ray. Hey, 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 hey. how you doing? <laughs> Ray, we missed you so much. <laughs> I bet, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> OK, guys. We're here to talk about Manchester City 2, PSG 1. These are the, the, the most potent, deadly, striking force in the world with Mbappe and uh, Neymar and Messi. Um, I, I, guys, I actually went on to ESPN FC because I was really wanting to listen to, you know, those old Scottish growlers like Craig Burley um, talking about how much we dished it to him. But all I could talk about was how bad... PSG was. I think that was probably because Julian Laurent was there, who's obviously a big PSG fan. Colin Savage, this was not simply a case of PSG being bad, surely? Well, of course it wasn't the case of PSG being bad. They weren't allowed to be good because we uh, harried them, we hustled them, we pressed them. Um, for the most part, we kept the ball away from Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. Um, and um, they had no answer to us. Uh, and I think by the time we scored that second goal, they were out on their feet because they can't have had that. They certainly don't get any chasings like that in the French league. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Ray, let's talk about the lineup, lineup a little bit because um, for certain people, um, I think possibly yourself included, were scratching their heads. What was Zinchenko doing in there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. When 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 Zinchenko say you think well uh, when you know when the um, teams were announced you think well is then is, is Zinchenko going to play left back does that mean Cancelo's going to play in midfield or an attack I mean what's Pep doing because we're certainly not going to play five at the back I, I, it's really difficult to to work it out and you know Pep, Pep and then other people I saw on social media just saying oh no Pep's doing it again he's doing something wacky uh, and, and out there. Um, but look, you know, 
right now, whatever Pep is touching, it's turning to gold. So I'll have a pint of whatever he's drinking at the moment because, you know, we're playing some of the some of the best, uh, wonderful football uh, that you're ever likely to see. I, mean, I think Pep's even saying we're this is the best team ever that he's had with us. So, um, you know, and we've had some cracking teams in the last 10 years. And if this is the best um, best of the best, it'd be fantastic. I'll tell you one, one thing. It was interesting, you know, the full lives at the Etihad. And it was inter- interesting to notice we had three extra spectators at, at the match. And they were on the pitch. That was Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. Because those fellas, I mean, look, I, I don't feel sorry for PSG, really. But, you know, when they lost the ball, those guys, they were just walking around. You know, they were, basically, they're taking a leaf out of Ronaldo's books and they just walk around and do now. And you, you can't get away with that, um, especially against a team as good as City. Mm-hmm. And Bernard, what did you make of the inclusion of Zinchenko? And have we got to the bottom of why Phil Foden wasn't involved? Yeah, I mean, obviously he, he did. We thought he took a knock, didn't we, the other the other day against Everton? He didn't didn't look as hundred percent, definitely. And I think he said, obviously in training, he felt it again, didn't he? I think training yesterday. So uh, obviously the decision was made to to rest him, and obviously that caused pet problems because obviously he didn't have as much time with the, the team, his preferred team, to get it sorted out. But uh, you know, based on what we saw last night, obviously uh, this little Zinchenko miracle, uh, as as uh, Ray was saying there, everyone everyone was saying we've got you know is he going to make di- Gundo and another defensive midfielder, and is Zinchenko going to play more defensively and Cancelo up the left? And all 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 the media was sort of saying that, all, all the social media was saying that. And but it was a genius because he just basically played in his international position, didn't he, Zinchenko? And in in respect to Zinchenko, he's not he's hardly played, and yet he just fitted in perfectly with Cancelo up that left hand side. And it was it was a whatever happened with Foden. Obviously, Pep it was a bit of a mini masterstroke from Pep, wasn't it, to to put that team out last night. I don't uh, think cool. anyone who was uh, takes part in those guest the team competitions won won the pot last night. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we didn't even play with a false nine, really, did we last night? Um, no. It was it, it was kind of Gundogan, Bernardo, Sinchenko, all kind of rotating that uh, m- uh, middle position, wasn't it? I think we played with a with a false seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven, didn't we? I think that's what we did last night. <laughs> there was an interesting narrative, Ray, um, by a lot of pundits, and uh, they're obviously clamouring for Pochettino to be given the job at Man United. And the reason why they're saying that Pochettino should go now, um, obviously, um, that's not going to happen because I've heard that uh, Ralph Rangnick is going to come in. Uh, and uh, another, ser- another serial winner. <laughs> another serial winner. But uh, they're saying that uh, the Pochettino should come to United now because he can't handle uh, the idea of dropping one of their uh, front three, and that is to the detriment of the team. Uh, let's uh, tug at that thread a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if if you if you beat, I hate to give a little praise to 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 Michael Carrick, but. He had the balls to drop Fernandez at weekend, uh, and then bring him on in the second half. He dropped Rashford. You know, he said, "Look, you know, you're not you're not doing it, so you're on the bench." And um, you know, even though you know they're miles ahead, I think in in the French league, ten or eleven points ahead. If I if I'm right, um, yeah. yeah, I hardly ever look at the table anymore in France. But 
Um, you know, those guys are just not doing it together. It, it, as I said earlier, you, you, you're playing with um, eight players working hard, doing all the defensive duties and three statues. And you can't you can't do that. So, he, he, you know, he, Poch hasn't got the, the balls, basically, to, to drop any of them. Um, and it's such a star-studded team. It's it's a it's a proper proper even more of a Galactico than the old Real Madrid sides, I, I think. Um, but they're not playing as a team. You know, they're relying on individual brilliance. And you saw that last night on, on two main occasions where you know they they did slice us through and they were they did look really really good. But it's it's sporadic. It's not often enough. And um, you know. You, you have to play as a team. Um, personally, I think Pot should have gone to United. If if they wanted him, he should have gone because I think he'd be out on his ear in the summer. There's no way Poch is staying after the summer because they don't win the Champions League. He'll get the boot. Zidane will probably come in and Poch will be let, let, uh, you know, out on his ear. Um, if he'd gone to United, this season, it's a free hit. It's a free hit because you're down in seventh or eighth, you know, and you can have... A, excuses um, why you didn't make it into uh, the top four. But it's a free hit. Next season, I think his aim is top four. And he still might be able to come up with excuses. You know, he's as a, same as a Ralph. He's another serial winner, Pochettino. Same as um, David Moyes. Another serial winner as um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Another serial winner. I mean, generally, they've had guys who've won bugger all. Um, as managers, obviously Van Hal and, and uh, Mourinho aside, but four out of six managers have won out of any notes. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd have jumped ship. Got United to pay twenty million a season in, in wages, five five or six year deal. If you get booted out after two years and you get paid up, you're laughing your head off. Mm-hmm. Colin, was this a little bit like the game against Man United, where it was a triumph of joined up play? against um, a few stunning individuals and a bunch of journeymen? Well, um, I think it's a bit unfair on PSG to compare them with Manchester United. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, obviously there are similarities and, and, and it's interesting. You know, Pochettino struggling to manage uh, a team of uh, superstars. Um, you know, I'm going to Manchester United with Ronaldo. <laughs> and, you know, Fernandes and Cavani and Varane, you know, it's just the same. Same thing, isn't it? But uh, yeah, no, because PSG are a better team than Manchester United. I mean, there's no doubt about that, you know. Um, all right, you know, you've got the Ronaldo Messi comparison, but, you know, Neymar, Mbappe, you know, hardly, you know, Martial and Rashford, are they? And uh, and the better, you know, PSG haven't got a Harry Maguire either, or a Luke Shaw, or a, or a, a Wan Bissaka. And, um, but yeah, I mean, so you're going to get more back from PSG. They're going to be more of a threat than, than United. <laughs> um, effort. It, well, it wasn't even an effort, was it? So, so you know, and, and they had a few. You know, obviously they had a, they scored a goal. They had a couple of other decent chances. But um, no, on the whole, our our game plan um, kept them pretty much on the back foot, didn't it? Bernard, highlights of the first half. What struck your eye? Um, I like to the first half. Uh, let me have a think. I wasn't very happy with Mr. John Stones at one stage. I thought he'd, he'd almost give him a goal, didn't he? Let's be honest about it. And I do worry about him now that uh, 
Pep would have seen that and obviously will end up with Laporte back in again after all this effort he's made to get back in the uh, into the pairing, if you like. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that. But I thought, to be honest with you, I, think, I mean, PSG in that first half, I thought, I thought they, at the back they played pretty well. I think they were putting the bodies on the line like, like we do and they were getting the blocks in. I mean, there was that chance... Uh, the big eye, like, was that Gundogan chance? I think Neves might, is it Navas, Neves, Neves, is it? Neves, the keeper. I think he might have just got an hand to it, but that defender edged it over the bar, didn't he? And we got a great view of that, obviously, where we stand. But, uh, yeah, that, that that was perhaps the highlight where we thought it was going in the net and it didn't. But, uh, yeah, uh, the low light would have to be uh, Mr Stones, who sort of blotted his copy, but we got away with it, fortunately. That was another highlight when it got blasted over the bar, I suppose. But uh, that was a bit, not disappointing, because you know what John Stones is like. He's he's too cool sometimes. Sometimes you just want him to put his foot through it, or you know he could have just passed that back thirty yards to Edison in that cut in that centre circle. But that's not the way John Stones plays. Uh, and sometimes you want him to do that rather than try and play himself out of things. And he, he got caught, didn't he? So that was a bit of a highlight of a low light, if you know what I mean. Ray, anything uh, take your fancy in the first half that we should talk about? I was just going to say about John Stones. I think that was his own. He had one misplaced pass in the whole game. So, you know, yeah. he, he's, he's pretty uh, steady, Eddie. 40 out of 41 passes completed. Uh, that first half, I've got to say, my old mate Mares, um, he had that free kick, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was well, uh, a <laughs> he headed it and we, we have a special out. guest tonight. Uh, Mr. Mares is on the line as well now, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but one one thing I noticed, they always left Mares free on the right. And we're talking acres. It really was acres of space. Um and um he did uh, you know a lot of um tricks and a lot of um you know um spe- let's say some special play. Special play. You know, he head over. He, he, um, he did. He have a shot. Yeah, he had that shot that was headed over by Hakimi, uh, where you probably thought it was all it was all going in. We had that good move um, from Darwin Nunes. Uh, that player came from was it Benfica? Um, I think it was about nineteen or something. He come to um, there. You know, people talking about getting him as our, our uh, left back uh, at one stage last season. Um, a lot of interest in him. Um, he's he slipped past Walker, skipped past him, <laughs> but it was a really weak shot. And uh, I think um, we had that great move where there was, I think, four or five first time passes, um, and uh, for Cancelo to cross, and then that the ball come out and Gunduan hit the post. So I, I, it was an excellent first half from City. You know, City well on top, but like in um, in Paris uh, not so long ago, you know, we didn't score, and uh, obviously. You know, being well on top, not scoring, is, is is asking for a bit of punishment. And we got that early in the second half. Well, Colin Savage, a lot of people were talking about the performance of Kyle Walker. Very, very understated, obviously, pretty much the whole season. There were um, rapturous uh, comments from a lot of the, um, the pundits about his recovery runs. And, of course, that's his speciality, is it? Because when he messes up, he's got the speed to get. I don't think I've seen anyone as fast as him. Um, I, I'm still waiting to see someone that quick this season. It's interesting with, with Walker. I, I noticed this last night, um, particularly that uh, he wasn't going forward as much. You know, perhaps against maybe it was a, a PSG thing, but maybe it's a new tack, part of the new 
kind of set up the pep has. But yeah, we normally see him bombing forward and forward and forward. But uh, as as we know with Walker, that there's not enough. Well, I say, uh, the problem is his end product. Although um, obviously that that was um, he he got an assist um, last night. But um, I, I noticed last night he was holding back a lot more. Uh, and his runs forward were a lot fewer, and um, particularly towards the well, they became particularly noted. Noticed it towards the end of the game when he was getting forward a bit more, and I think PSG were a bit tired. And it was interesting because um, obviously you you watch the game live and you don't see things that you see when you watch it on TV and vice versa. Uh, and watching the game back on City Plus, uh, how PSG set up. They're, they're obviously traditional back four, but their midfield three was very, very narrow. Uh, so, so the wings were um, ripe for exploitation. And of course, Mares made the most of this. I don't, I don't think Sterling particularly did, but uh, um, Mares just, um, you know, had a field day. Uh, but Walker kind of stayed back, um, more or less, and, and maybe that was to counter the threat um, of Mbappe. Or, or any of that front three, Mbappe, uh, I think was on that on that on on the PSG left. Uh, but you know his timing of coming forward was impeccable because we were we were pushing for that second goal, and I think as soon as we got the equaliser, I thought we're you know we're going to win we're going to win this game, uh, and I thought they were going to tie around the 70 75 minute mark, and I think they did. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that Walker, you know, a few. A few seasons ago, we'd see him make these lightning runs either down the wing um, or um, diagonal runs, but but he's not doing that. Uh, and I think that's that's um, that was certainly part of the tactic last night, was to, to hold him back, keep him, making sure he was more defensive-minded, because we know he's a bit defensively. Uh, you know, he, he, he probably tips the scale, uh, the defensive side of the scale, more than the going forward side of the scale, he's good going forward, and certainly more than Cancelo does. So yeah, it was it was interesting. He certainly didn't get forward last night, but he did his defensive duties absolutely superbly. I mean, uh, apart from the uh, yeah, apart from the goal, and um, Mbappe was on the right for that goal. Um, no one got anything out of him. You know, you're talking about probably potentially the best front three as a three in the world. No, none of them got anything out of Carl Walker. Well, Ray, as you alluded uh, to a little bit earlier, we we thought that this might sort of turn out a little bit like the previous game where we dominated, but they got the goals and won. And of course, it seemed like that. Let's talk about the Mbappe goal uh, after halftime, Ray. Yeah, look, it, it, my, my first thoughts on that were, were good move. It really was. Uh, um, a good move, a lot of quick, uh, accurate passes in tight spaces. I mean, towards the end, there was a, a lucky deflection um, on the cross that uh, took the ball to uh, Mbappe, and he and he hit it between Edison's legs, which is you know, I mean, it, it always puzzles me. I, I was never a goalkeeper. It always puzzles me how the ball goes through the goalie's legs when he's actually set himself. His his legs are quite closed and then as the shot comes in he opens his legs and uh, the, the ball goes through I think we need to speak to the cat uh, Bernard Deneen about um, about, about <laughs> the legs oh I, I have a but, point yeah. <laughs> if, 
but, but it, no, look, it, I think it was it was a really um, you know well crafted goal. Um, you know they they took us apart there, but you'd expect that at times because they, they are very they are a very very good team full full of you know top top players. So you know um, I don't think there's any shame you know, in in us getting um, stripped apart like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard, uh, what did you think of uh, this particular goal, and how were you feeling? After it was struck, did you think this was going to go to that um, that first game narrative earlier this season? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to look across and look. I didn't want to look across to my right and look at the Paris fans celebrating, which obviously they were to some extent in uh, next to me. So I didn't want to look over there and look at their horrible, cheerful faces. To be honest with you, uh, Edison. Yeah, I think Ray's right. I mean. Norm is a goalkeeper. Perhaps, perhaps if you're in that sort of position, don't forget it did take a deflection across. So perhaps he, he wasn't set quite as he should have been. Uh, but obviously, when you're moving left very quickly, Mbappe's a good player. He didn't mess about. If it had been Sterling, he would have he would have done a double pirouette before he shot or something like that. But this is this is Mbappe, and uh, yes, goalkeepers can sometimes recross the legs, can't they, and, and get away with it. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame Edison too much for that. He was just, but he's a big lad. I think sometimes. That he just isn't as a shot stopper. We know we know he's not the best, and uh, uh, Mbappe had to be fairly accurate uh, getting it between his legs, and he and he did the job. He's a cracking player, isn't he? When it comes to them sort of chances, so uh, yeah, a bit gutted though. I was a bit gutted, and um, I thought this is it now. You know, um, are we going to bounce back? And we certainly did show again some character, didn't we? Colin Savage, let's talk a little bit about Messi. Obviously, before a lot of people forget about this, but the. There was quite a lot of talk about him uh, joining us. Um, looks like on the evidence of uh, of last night and also uh, in the early part of the season, he probably should have done. Um, but um, what did you think of the world's greatest player at uh, at our ground? Uh, sorry, we're talking about Messi or Zinchenko yeah. here? Yeah, we're talking Messi. about Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, there was one moment where Zinchenko was stood by Messi, you know, it was too slow to get a picture, you know, because that would have gone on Twitter saying, greatest player of all time, and some Argentinian has been. Uh, He wasn't, well, you know, he's Messi, isn't he? But, I mean, if it come to us, hmm, I don't know. Uh, He doesn't get involved in the game, certainly um, when they're on the defensive. There was one... Bit I remember where, and it was late in the game, but the ball came out to, we were attacking, the ball came out to Rodri. Messi was stood by him and made no attempt to challenge him or pressure him. He just watched Rodri take the ball and, and move it forward. I think it was between the two goals. Uh, I'm not sure. And, um, you know, we know what he can do, but he wasn't getting the time to do it. I mean, the only time he got, really, a couple of times, he got the opportunity to do something. One was when they scored, and there was another one, I think, when Neymar missed. Um, but he he, um, he was under so much pressure. And, and people said, didn't they, listening on the radio last night, PSG are almost two teams. There's the back seven, and then there's the front three. And there's almost no connection between them. And um, there was a point last night where all that all that front three were back in their last third defending and I think that's what we did to them you know normally they'd be upfield no one would be putting um the, the, their kind of midfield on that narrow midfield under pressure and they'd be free to to make hay but um 
we 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 just pressure them so much they uh, um you know at, at points they had to get involved but you know you, you didn't you don't you don't see messi doing what gabriel jesus does do you uh, or, or what um you know what what i think sterling's the one player to criticize because i don't think he does enough defensively he's a bit weak in the tackle but at least he does something um well you know Messi just I say he was stood by Rodri he was stood within a couple of feet of Rodri made no attempt to challenge him put put him under pressure uh, and that summed up Messi for me yeah we know what he can do going forward but he's bugger all use if he you should have he should have asked uh, Rodri for his autograph <laughs> he was <laughs> he was just watching Rodri you know stroll yeah. the ball around but Messi doesn't look happy does it I just don't think you know, obviously he didn't want to leave Barcelona for this. Um, I just wonder if, if he'd been at City, would he? I think he would have been happier at City. Um, and we might have seen a little bit more from him. But, you know, he's, he's, he's made his bed. He's got to lie in it now. Well, Ray, uh, let's talk about the equaliser. Um, we're, we're turning to you for this one. The equaliser. Ooh, OK. Uh, let's see if I get this right. We've got Mr. Rodri. A uh, nice little dink ball over the top to the uh, was it to Mr. Walker? Um, he crossed it in. Um, it hit Gabriel Jesus. I, I don't think he knew anything about that in the six yard area, and it broke to Raheem Sterling. Uh, and I and it, I think he basically just scuffed at it, and it uh, it it went in in the corner. And um, it's one of those where you think if he'd had a bit more time, he'd probably like like uh, like uh, Bernard Teddy had done a double pirouette. A triple Salka and and um, you know um, the goalie would have saved it, but it, it came at him that quickly. He didn't have time to think about it. I think we've said it for years. Sterling, when he doesn't think about or seem to have time to think about what he's going to do, he, he he's more natural, more instinctive, and it seems to work. It's when he's you know, when he's got time to think about various different options, uh, he invariably seems to be picking the wrong one uh, of late, but. Look, it was it was a, a much needed goal. Didn't matter that we you know we had that, that little look with the deflection from from Gabriel Jesus and then uh, Sterling's miss hit stab shot into into the corner. It doesn't matter how they come. It's you know still goes down as his goal and it was one one. Uh, Bernard, is uh, Ryan Sterling back in your good books after a couple of goals <laughs> in the last few games? Um, I I I think he's backing me good books because I think uh, it's it's been decided what's going on and he's a far happier guy now. And what what's going on, I'm not too sure, but I, I think something's happened behind the scenes, and he's uh, a bit happier in himself, which means he's a bit happier uh, playing the game. Certainly, the last two games you've seen a big difference. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll see. But uh, as far as I know, he doesn't want to sign a new contract. And as far as I know from from all the speculation, he doesn't want to be there. So perhaps he's had a word and now he's playing well because he knows uh, he'll put the effort in, get us a few million more than we've been offering. Are we talking, what, 40, 45 million? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know? so we want to get up to 70, 80 million. So perhaps that Pep's told him, I'll tell you what, you can go in January, mate, or, or summer, but uh, pull your finger out in the meantime, get, get your transfer fee up. So... We don't know, do we? But uh, yeah, I'm quite happy. While he's playing like that, I'm quite, I'm quite happy. It's a bit more like the old Sterling. Uh, Colin Savage, is that how you read it? You think that he's been granted his wish to get a move, or do you think that they've um, made progress on signing a new contract? I don't know. Uh, I say we, we don't know what's going on in Sterling's head. 
Um, I, I thought he was great at the weekend. Wasn't quite as impressed with him last night. Uh, I thought him and Sinchenko were our weakest performance. Um, you know, he's it, you, you watch Mares and, and Bernardo and their beautiful feet. You know, they've got wonderful control of the ball, uh, and he just hasn't got that. We know that with Sterling. Uh, and I say, I think he um, he doesn't. Um, we know at the moment we see Mares. I mean, one of the criticisms of Mares is he doesn't get involved defensively. But the last two games we've seen him really putting in a shift, really fighting for the ball uh, at, at times. I just don't see Sterling doing that. He's knocked off the ball too easily. He doesn't win the ball when he's challenging. Um, yeah, he got the goal, uh, uh, and that's three on the run now, isn't it? So that's great. Uh, uh, Raheem Sterling on fire is, is a player worth having. There's no doubt about that. But but I don't know what's going on there. And, and I don't think he was quite as good last night as he was on uh, Sunday, to be honest. Um, you know, a, apart from the goal, uh, yeah, there was a couple of moments. But, uh, you know, I'm struggling to think of anything, any major contribution. Uh, he, he got, I think he went on a decent run a couple of times. But, you know, I, I, there was an incident where he, uh, the ball came to him at the edge of the six-yard box. And it wasn't the, the easiest ball to control. But, you know, that it doesn't have to be the the easiest, even if it's the easiest ball to control, he can manage to make a mess of it. Uh, and he came out a bit high, but he, he seemed slow to react and, and didn't do anything. And, uh, th- then there was a run into the area in the first half where he lost control. He never had the control of the ball. He lost control of it and he clattered into Marquinhos, I think it was. Um, and, and you know, for me, he's got to do it. You know, if he wants a new contract, if he's, you know, if he's decided he's going to get a new contract and this is, you know, he's he's uh, putting on the performances, that's great. But I, I want to see four, five, six games where he's tearing the opposition apart before I'm, I'm happy that he's back to the form uh, we know he can, can be in. Well, let's uh, turn to Ray and let's talk about the enigma that is our friend uh, Riyad Mahrez. I, uh, I was reading... Uh, uh, a piece by Barney Roney in The Guardian, who absolutely sang his praises up and down. And I wanted to actually uh, send a little message to uh, Barney Roney and congratulate him for that. Unfortunately, I forgot that um, I, I was, I've was i been blocked by Barney blocked. for calling the tough <laughs> way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he took exception to the word Torag. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rich... Surely you've got to come down off your high horse just for this game, huh? What? About, about what? About Mares and how brilliant he is. Oh, look, look. Mares is a world-class player at times. And that's, that's, I've always said, you know, when people do well, you give, you, you give them praise and credit. I just, you've got to do it consistently. Why has he been starting a lot of games in the Premier League? Because, well, you know, you've got to trust Pep. And, and Pep was right. Mares wasn't working um, at the heights uh, at other levels that he should have been working at. Now, maybe both Sterling and Mares, they've been left out for a, a, quite a while. I mean, until this little run, Sterling had probably only started three or four games in the whole season. So they've been warming that bench and the splinters are hurting. So they're putting the effort in. You can see you can see that from the pair of them. Um, you know, as Colin said, Mares uh, digging in with the defensive duties and, and tackling something you don't see from Riyad Mares. So uh, I, I think that the effort is there, and they know 
you know, like Laporte found out last season, you give somebody else a chance, you might not be getting a game again for three months, you know. Mm. So um, they're all looking at that now. And, you know, I would still say a, a fully fit Phil Foden, he's my first choice on, on the left. You know, they're lucky that Torres is injured because if what if Torres had been, you know, played several more games uh, and, and cemented uh, that false nine position um, before his injury? So, you know, it's it's probably one of the most hotly contested starting 11s we've had for a long time because, you know, you got to remember last night, okay, you can say Zinchenko shouldn't have been there, but KDB wasn't there, Phil Foden wasn't there. Torres wasn't there. Gabriel Jesus was on the bench. Grealish wasn't there. So there's five or six players there. And you think, OK, you know, we've got a really, really strong squad there. Um, and, and everybody's almost everybody's going to have to be fighting for that to, to retain their place. So, you know, the effort levels uh, um, are going to hopefully now be consistently high from everybody. Because, as I said, if you want to be in that team, you've got to put it in. Because if you don't, someone's waiting to take your place. Uh, Bernard, there's nobody in world football with a first touch like Maris. Uh I, I don't think that can be argued about. Well, I think it was, uh, I mean, that first half, I remember at least four or five occasions where he had the whole wing to himself. It was literally just control practice for him. He just knew as the ball floated in the air towards him, he was just going to kill it dead. He just knew every single time. And he did. He did it every single time. He just killed it dead and, and took off. And say, certainly the PSG players were in no real urgency to just, just close him down. But I, he just loved it. I mean, he just thrives on that sort of thing. And it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a joy to watch that first half. Colin, let's talk about the winning goal. Yeah, um, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was um, a, a beautiful ball. It was a Mares. Um, well, no, it, it started with Gundogan making a run down the right hand side, uh, and, and Gundogan didn't have, quite have the pace to get round the, the, the defender, but he managed to hold on to the ball, bring it back, and uh, play it back to um, Mares. Mares crossed the ball to Bernardo, who was just on side. Um, uh, but Bernardo was was kind of a narrow angle. He was quite close to the byline, uh, and rather than do anything clever, uh, well, rather than try anything too clever, Bernardo just cushioned the ball, played it back into Gabriel Jesus's path, uh, and Jesus, I think, uh, on the night it looked like he'd nearly missed it, but actually it was a very cool finish. And I remember Aguero doing one like that, where he sort of. Shaped to play the ball one way to to the left, but kind of stuck out his his leg and actually played it to the right, and it, you know it was a masterstroke, uh, perfect ball from Mares, beautiful thinking, fantastic thinking from Bernardo, uh, and again great thinking from Gabriel Jesus, and um, it, it was just, and that was it. PSG were finished then. I, I had no doubt we were going to win it at that point. Uh, Ray, let's talk a little bit about Neymar. Um, he he could have possibly won it for him. He was another, um, you know, underperforming ballet dancer out there, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't he? <laughs> ballet, da- ballet dancer on ice. Um, yeah, look, you know, as I said earlier, you know, these are great players. You, you, you've got to, you know, ad- ad- admit that Mbappe and Messi and Neymar, great players, incredible, uh, incredibly talented they're not, they're not doing it often enough. I think, that, as I said, that, that that's one of the issues. But, yeah, look, I mean, 
Um, they, they, are, they are always capable. They're always a, a dangerous threat. Um, Neymar should have scored when he got through. Uh, I don't think there's any, any question about that. Uh, I think it was 1-1 at the time. And it was another uh, you know, fantastic uh, little bit of interplay uh, uh, um, from midfield and then on the edge of our box. You know, quick, sharp um, passes, um, generally first time. And then Neymar found himself through. And he was just, he put it on the wrong side of the post. Uh, I think Kyle Walker's presence probably um, put him off just a bit. So he couldn't hit it across Edison. He was, I think it was on the left-hand side. And he ended up putting it past Edison's uh, near post. We got lucky. I'll be honest, that was a poor, that was a poor uh, finish. He should have scored. You know, I mean, for all the dominance and everything else, we could have conceded four goals last night. You know, that was a really, really good chance. Um they had the one from Mbappe that went over the bar, and uh, there was a fourth one um, which uh, escaped me for the second. They had a, an, another chance, but they had, they had four decent chances in that game. So you know, um, you know, I think we 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 rode our luck a little bit there, but I think we were still well uh, worth the win. Um, but you know, sorry. They rode their luck as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard, let's uh, let's just. Um, I think we can probably concede that they were hampered a little bit by Verratti. If there was one, but uh, Verratti being um, absent, if there was one player who possibly could have stitched together um, both. Uh, both sides of their team, it would have been him. But what what I was, you know, really, really curious about is this, like, unparalleled level of myopia that some um, players have. You had uh, Ander Herrera after the game saying that uh, that they they controlled the game and they should have won. I mean, what what is it <laughs> in your mind that can go through ninety minutes like that? And throws. Huh? What do you think, Burn? Let's turn, let's turn that over to Colin. Excuse me. I don't know. People see games differently, don't they? Uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of what, what Ray just said, isn't it? I mean, you can always, games are about goals. You don't win games by, you know, having more possession. Uh, you don't win games on expected goals. You win games... But the, the number of times the ball goes into the back of the net. Uh, and uh, <coughs> as Ray said, you know, that they had a couple of really good opportunities to score. I can only think that, that Neymar one was the, the biggest. They should have scored from that probably. But um, he's got to be the world's most overrated footballer, Neymar. But um, you know, we have plenty of chances as well. Um, but you know, I think we had about 55% possession to their 45 Excuse me. So not overwhelming, but you know we we just dominated that game. The, the only chances they got were on the on the break, really. Um, we just we could have had. It wouldn't have been. In the end, I came out of the match and said that scoreline was flattering to PSG. It could easily have been four one, um, you know four two something like that. That would have been. I think probably the the correct scoreline. I, I don't know what the expected goals was, but uh, um, you know I, d- I don't see how PSG can say they were lucky in that game. They, they were absolutely comp- 
comprehensively outplayed. But of course, it all depends, as I say, on how many times the ball goes into the back of the net. Well, Ray, let's uh, just go over to you again. Um, so, uh, top of the group, guaranteed first place. Um, we're comfortable sitting pretty. Um, just looking around at some of the other uh, score lines um, in the Champions League this week, uh, anything that uh, that uh, was particularly striking or took your interest? Yeah, United won a game. I mean, I was uh, shocked. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I actually thought Villarreal might win that, and that would have put um, <laughs> skids under United there a little bit if, if Villarreal had won that game. And, you know, he would have gone to the, I think, last game of the group. And Chelsea spanking Juventus. I mean, to be honest, I thought that would happen. I thought they'd beat them. And they beat them uh, quite um, quite convincingly, 4-0. I think that's a big Juventus' biggest ever defeat. So, um, Liverpool winning against Porto. You know, most of the results are what you expect. Dortmund got beat. They're out. Um and you know, Barcelona could be Benfica at home. Yeah, Barcelona as well. Um, I will say I let Colin talk about Barcelona. I'll talk about Dortmund for a second because obviously um, Haaland is injured, so Norway are out of the World Cup. Uh, Dortmund are right of the Champions League. You know, people were saying, is it possible that uh, Haaland might leave in January because he's got n- nothing left to play for at Dortmund? You know, it's it's, it's it, when he comes back from injury, it's going to be a a pretty tame season because they're not going to win the league. They're out of the Champions League. What's left for him? So, you know, could he move? Personally, I think he'll stay till the end of the season. Now, I think that's uh, set in stone, even though Dortmund, uh, you know, the rumours are they they want to offer him a new contract. I think he's going to leave at the end of the season. Um, You know, but it would would really be interesting if he said, I mean, I I think the rules have have changed, Colin, so that if he left in January, he could play in the Champions League with somebody else. Potentially, yeah, yeah, because we have to declare a new squad, don't we? Yeah, you can be so, registered in you know, clubs for the Champions League, I think. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you know, maybe that might um, uh, push him to want to move in January because otherwise, I mean, he's still young. What, twenty-one years old or something? He's still young enough. It's not you know to wait till next season for a, another bash at the Champions League with a new club. But hey, you know, um, if he was up uh, available in January, uh, I think we might be knocking on the door. I think a few. Oh, well, right, yeah, yeah. Be interested. But um yeah, so yeah, um, and I'll I'll hand over to Colin, hand the baton to Colin to talk about Barcelona's uh, travails. Yeah, uh Barcelona couldn't beat Benfica at home. Um I think that was the surprising result on Tuesday. Um certainly last night. Um uh, Leipzig, I mean the Leipzig was a, in Bruges was a, an interesting one, very comprehensive. Which probably you'd expect, but Bruges have been a bit above themselves in this campaign. But that that result obviously made sure that both us and PSG were going through. The other interesting one was the Atletico beat, beaten by AC Milan in in their group. So you've got obviously from if we look at the groups, obviously we've won Group A, Paris Saint Germain going through in B. Liverpool have won Group B fairly comfortably. Uh, and then it's a three-way tie between the, well, three-way um, battle between the other two teams, um, the other three teams, Porto on five, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid are on four. So two of those teams are going out. Uh, well, one's going out completely, uh, potentially Atletico. You, you wonder what the hell's gone wrong there. Um, 
they only score. I mean, they're not the, they're not the most prolific scorers. They only scored four goals. Um, Ajax are through. Probably Sporting are going to go through unless there's some major major issue. Um, so Dortmund is they dropping into the champion, uh, dropping into the Europa League. Uh, Real Madrid and Inter Milan are through, but that that one's open to. Uh, Real Madrid haven't won the group officially yet. Bayern are through in Group E uh, with 15 points from the five games. Then it's Barcelona on seven, Benfica on five. Now, interestingly, Barcelona have got to go to Bayern. Benfica entertain Dynamo Kiev. So if you look at the form, the chances are that Bayern will beat Barcelona and Benfica should beat Dynamo Kiev. And Barcelona will be played in the Europa League. Now, I, I dread to think how many years it is since Barcelona played in the Europa League, if they ever did. Almost 20. Almost 20 years since yeah. they played in the Europa League. I think it was 2002. Yeah. So, obviously, with Manchester United's group, they're through. I think they're through as group leaders as well, group winners, because of because uh, of the, their win at Villarreal last night, uh, on Tuesday or whenever it was. Uh, so, uh, it's between... In fact, it could, I think it could go any way, that, that Villarreal, Atalanta, probably are one of the ones going through. But United are going... Um, United have got to go play young boys at home. Uh, and... Uh, Villarreal have got to go to Atalanta, so that that's almost like a, a must-win game for Atalanta. Uh, Villarreal only need a point. Um, the, the, the interesting group is Group G, Le, uh, Lille, Salzburg, Sevilla and Wolfsburg, where there's only three points, Lille on eight, Wolfsburg at the bottom of the group with five. That could go anyway, I, I think. And obviously Chelsea and Juve are through, it's just a question of which one of them wins uh, w- w- wins the group. So, you know, if you look at the, the way things stand, if, you know, if we looked at the teams in second place at the moment uh, and the teams where we could play, there's Juve, potentially Sevilla or, or, or Red Bull, uh, Salzburg, Villarreal or Atalanta, Benfica, well, Barcelona is second place, you'd expect. But, I mean, Benfica will probably be the team that goes through. Probably into Milan from, from Group D, Sporting Lisbon from C, and Porto, well, Porto, AC Milan or Atletico, any of the three of them, from, from Group B. So th- there's nothing really, um, perhaps Juve are the best of that lot. And, and if they were to win the group, then obviously we can't play Chelsea. So, you know, we should have a relatively, should have a relatively straightforward um, uh, round of 16. Um, Ray, um, apparently Mr. Klopp is in trouble um, again for calling the Africa Cup of Nations a small competition. And well, then he to... a little competition. <laughs> little, small, tomato, tomato, but he's in no, trouble. Uh, and he walked no, it back I, I, saying he was trying to be sarcastic. He, I think he was. I mean, you know, I think that, that's the explanation. He, he said he was ironic. He says he's not a native uh, speaker of this language. If he wants to you know, <laughs> uh, complain, then maybe he should get an interpreter uh, to interpret his, uh, he can speak in speaking German if he's worried. But I, I do have some sympathy. I, th- I do think there was an element of, you know, sarcasm there, you know, because um, uh, he said that there's just a matter of this little competition. So I just think, um, you know, someone, one non-native speaker 
is con concerned about what another non-native English speaker has said. Um, I mean, it's storming a teacup, um, teacup uh, handbags at 12 paces, I wouldn't worry about it. 